And we got Steve Zabin, the legend himself, host of the Steve Zabin Show, 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee, where I can bet uh, there's a couple things going on with you, Zabe. One, uh, relief, because at least there's some semblance of an idea of what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. But also, two, uh, I, I guess at this point, you got to be, you've said everything you could say about this, and now you can finally just breathe and say, okay. We know he's not going to be a Packer anymore. It's all about Jordan Love. How busy have you been with this topic recently? Fascinating. And it's not over yet. They still have to come to a trade price. Now, I think they will. But the big argument now is who's got more leverage? And the big question is, with every day that goes by, does the price go up or down for Rodgers in terms of trade compensation? And I have heard really good arguments on both sides of it, but my sense is the Jets have the leverage. What do you consider a successful season now for the Packers for this upcoming season? Just making the playoffs, winning a playoff game, winning the division, would that be a huge success? Like, What would you think would be a successful season? I think it's detached from results. I think the successful season is Jordan Love shows that he's got that QB1 look, that he showed it a couple times. He's had a couple starts, a couple relief appearances. If he looks like he's it and he's got it, I think, yeah, they'll be disappointed if he missed the playoffs, but they're more concerned about can this guy be our guy for the next 10 years? So I think that's what they'll be looking for. Yeah, I completely agree. Somebody has to win the division, though, and it's crazy to see the Lions today. Plus 135 is the favorites to win the NFC North. You have the Get Bears out of the... here. Zave, the Bears are plus the 300. Lions... Check, check this when out. When was so the last Lions... time the Lions were betting favorites to win the division? <laughs> oh, Ever? man. Not, 90... Was Barry, Barry Sanders had to have been there. It has to be the Barry Sanders maybe, era. Yeah. Maybe Barry I'm, Sanders era, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think. I, I, can't, I can't answer that question, but... The Bears are plus 300, the Vikings plus 300, and then the Packers actually have the worst odds now, plus 450. So if you had to pick one of these teams to win the division today, who would you go with? I, I think the value play is still the Packers because yeah. plus 450 is juicy. I mean, if Jordan Love is good and equal to Rodgers and they get you know more growth out of their young wide receivers, you have to count. I think, I think the Vikings are drifting sideways. I don't believe in the Bears fully yet. They're going to win the offseason because of the cap money and the draft picks they get. And the Lions have been a nice story, but, you know, they can oftentimes be a bit of a mirage. So the value pick is the Packers, but I guess the odds-on pick is probably Detroit, hard as it is to say. I mean, we know in the NFL, quarterback play matters. And right now, Jared Goff showed us that he's at least a decent quarterback at this point for the Lions, which is crazy to think about. But, I mean... We've, we haven't really seen that much from Jordan Love. He's had his moments, but, you know, when you have a situation where you trade up in the first round, you draft a guy that's supposed to be the successor, and then you prolong all this drama with Aaron Rodgers, that tells me guy hasn't been ready. Now, I would hope that he's ready now. They don't really have a choice at this point. What have you heard, and what do you just think at this point about what Jordan Love's just potential could be this year? Upside for this year or upside for his whole this year. career. Yeah, I mean, this year right now, because that's what you got to be focused on. I mean, I I don't know. They're very high on him. 
They yeah. believe that he's made great strides in practice. They're the ones that see all the practice tape and they meet with him and they run over concepts with him. And, you know, they're the ones, the coaches that really truly know. We get these little tiny glimpses, right? And then you think a guy is the guy and then it turns out he's not the guy. I mean, you can go through a season and a half where you're convinced a guy is it. And then he goes bad like milk left in the fridge. See <laughs> Baker Mayfield, see Carson Wentz, see any number of guys where you're like, nope, he's not it. So I think the real telling won't be for at least a full 16-game season. And I would want to see at least a little bit more after that. But the Rodgers thing is, they this contract, I have spent the last hour going back and forth with people who know contracts to try to figure out, okay, what's the worst-case scenario? Like, if they if the Packers wanted to get nuts, Costanza style, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> and let's say they walked away from the Jets saying, you know, your offer is ridiculous. We're not going to give them away. What would happen? Well, they have to exercise the Packers an option bonus by week one for Rodgers that would pay him his nearly $60 million salary. But for now, the cap on that salary is under an assumption they'll pick up the option. So their cap number is only 40 on Rodgers, not 60. If they wait or if they don't exercise it, all of a sudden his cap number balloons to 75 and they don't have the money. Nobody does. So it's like it would blow up in their face, right? So they can't go all the way to week one and the Jets know it. So what if the Jets walk out of the showroom on this car and the Packers are now like oh god what do we do Assuming no other suitors they're in a real bind they're going to either have to delay the whole uh George Love you know rollout another year which they don't want to do Love might demand a trade or they will have to hope Rodgers retires to help them off the hook which I do not see happening <laughs> so there's high stakes on both sides but I think ultimately the Packers' runway runs out shorter than the Jets. The Jets could still, as much as they get roasted in the media, they could still go have a season without Aaron Rodgers. Yes, the media and the fan base would be up in arms, but they're not going to relegate the Jets. They're not going to cancel their season. They'll have to deal with, you know, Zach Wilson one more year and oh. some other mystery meat quarterback. I know it's unpleasant, <laughs> but they would survive it. The Packers can't survive yeah. carrying Rodgers at the number that they've got the contract for. So they're in a tight spot. Hey, do you think Do you think that there's any repercussions? Do you think anything happens with Brian Gutekinds? Because obviously, you know, the Packers are a different story because there's not a real owner. Uh, you, like, let's say this Jordan Love thing ends up being a disaster. He's a complete bust, leads the league in picks, he's benched, and you traded away Aaron Rodgers, he goes to the Jets, ends up winning a Super Bowl, or they go to the AFC Championship game. You think there's any pressure on Brian Gutekind since this pick was made a couple of years ago? And this pick was also made after they won 13 games, went to the NFC Championship game, gave up 300 yards on the ground, and it just paid Rodgers a year prior, too. Right. I call it Goody's Gamble, and I hated it because I thought it was yeah. premature. I'm like, look, you're, you're, the Packers were trying to replicate what they did with Rodgers backing up Favre. But right. nobody lets number one picks sit for three years. It's just not done. There's no one else doing this strategy because it's just, it makes no sense. It's very inefficient. You got a first-round pick that's giving you zeros for three years. That's not how you do it in the NFL, no matter how good Jordan Love may be. 
So it was a gamble that I didn't like. It definitely pissed off Rodgers. Some say it made him play better. That's why he won the two MVPs. I'm not so sure about that. But as far as Goody goes, he's secure because he just got a five-year extension. Him, LaFleur, and Russ Ball, their salary cap guy, just got extended. So they're going to get money deep into the future. But their legacy, Goody's legacy, if this turns out to be a fiasco, will certainly take a huge hit. So it's a gamble on his part, but he'll get paid for a few more years because he was extended. Who do you think is going to be the second most important player on that offense next season outside of Jordan Love? I would say not Christian Watson because I think he's kind of proven what he can and will be. I think it's going to be Dobbs, their WR2. If Dobbs, who flashed early, then kind of you know fell off a bit, if he can be a real factor – then they've got a passing offense that can score points. So I would say offensively, he's probably the second most important guy. They have a huge hole at tight end. Uh, Tunyon, who was a nice little flash, and they thought he could be the guy, is a free agent. They're going to let him walk. So they they have nobody at tight end that is a true pass-catching threat. They've got to address that somehow. Talking to Steve Zabin, BetMGM tonight. Uh, we were talking about the NFC earlier. Now, eventually, Aaron Rodgers is gone whenever this is finalized, whenever the clock finally strikes zero on this I mean, the quarterback situation in the conference, the teams <laughs> as a whole that you have confidence in in the NFC, it's as watered down, I feel like, as it's ever been. Can you remember an imbalance even close to this in the NFL? Because right now, man, I'm looking. I go, okay, Philadelphia's probably still the best team. They're, they're not even the favorite, though, to win the NFC. The 49ers actually are. But then the 49ers, we don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be. Love Brock Purdy, but let's be honest with ourselves. as a seventh-round seventh round guy. Like, it, it, it to me is just a complete disaster. What what are your? I, I mean, what is there any team that you have confidence in in the NFC right now? There's got to be somebody. Do you want to play rank the NFC quarterbacks? Because I would love to play that grisly. game with you. Okay, <laughs> Let's so do it. it's Hurts one. It's Hurts one, and don't vomit in your mouth. But probably <laughs> Dak Prescott two. Yeah, that's what I have too. And then you would have to strain and say, well, the NFC South is a well complete wasteland. There's literally nothing there. Derek Carr? Is Derek Carr three in the NFC right now? Is I mean, what about Cousins? Is, Would is you Kirk put Cousins, Cousins there at all? Carr, Cousins are three, four. Then we're into the range of a aging and disintegrating Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. We're into the underwhelmingness of Jared Goff. We are into the madness of Daniel Jones. We are now plumbing the depths of the uncertainty of La- uh, Trey Lance, we are what about buying Kyler Murray? into the hype. Oh, yeah, Kyler Murray, they love him. <laughs> 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 Mr. Call of Duty. I guess uh, we'd have to buy into perhaps the um, the whole uh, Geno Smith, can he do it for another year notion. I mean, who else would there be? I mean, I'm not sold on fields yet. He's a great runner. I want to see him be a more of a passer. And I don't know who else there is. I mean, you're going to put the newly acquired Jacoby Brissett for the commanders in that you know mix. Sam Howell. Sam Howell's winning that it's job, bad. man. It's Sam Howell's future now. You know, it's the oh, quarterback it's carousel Sam is Howell's over. Is, you, know, you know in D.C. It's that they always, they never overhype their, their fifth-round picks at quarterback. Never, Dave, how many days do you think you could time. last in the darkness? And would you rather go into the darkness <laughs> or go on vacation for a full week with just you and Mark Murphy? <laughs> I, I, would, I, would, I would go on vacation with Murphy because I'd eventually just stuff him in a closet and ignore him. I think the darkness thing would freak me out. 
I think I could do about four hours in the darkness. That's about it. But I'd be sleeping. So it's the waking hours that are the real challenge. That said, if there's good Wi-Fi in the darkness and I'm allowed one device, I'm good. I'll, I'll be there for a week. Zabe, real quick, it is March Madness. You got a pretty good basketball team in that neck of the woods with Marquette. A lot of people are going to put Marquette in the Elite Eight, Final Four. What, what kind of team do you think they can be? That East right region, I look at it on my bracket. I think you legitimately can make a case for like eight or nine teams that could make the Final Four. Where do you think Marquette fills in? I think Marquette is a dangerous team. I think a lot of people are going to be picking them as a little bit of a, you know, they're like, oh, this is a dark horse team, but everyone knows about Marquette at this point. Look, uh, they are an octopus team. They are very multifaceted. They've got guys, multiple guys who can score. Their point guard, Kolek, is outstanding, really has a great feel for the game. And Shaka Sparks teams play defense. That's his, been his trademark all around. And so that is always going to travel. I like their bracket, except for the fact that Duke is probably underseeded by a couple of lines. I don't believe in Purdue. Uh, Zach Eadie's a nice player from November through the end of February. I don't think you can run tournament games through him. If you need a big shot in a tight game in the Elite Eight, you're not going to dump it into a seven-foot-four guy and say, here, win the game. So I think Purdue is fadeable. I think Marquette is dangerous. There's name-brand teams they are going to have to go through, like Michigan State and Kentucky possibly and maybe Duke or Purdue. But I think it could be Marquette's bracket. Steve Zabin, one of the greats in this business. Good talking to you again, buddy. All right, boys. Thank you very much. I, I cannot believe. I, the, the contract thing blows my mind that he just brought up there with the, how it can balloon even more. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, you know, it's a lot, but, but that's the, what... the Jets have leverage here. And if the Jets don't yeah. have Aaron Rodgers, then the expectations are lower. It's just a young, fun team still looking for a quarterback. Mm. I would say I don't even want to give up a first-round pick. I'd say no first-round picks. We started a second. I would say, hey, I'm going to go get the guy that's uh, 26 years old and really, really awesome at football and Lamar Jackson. I'm going to pay him whatever the hell he wants. PJ, at least come out. See, ya. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let me say something. All right, so today is a very devastating, disappointing day. Yeah. Depressing for me, right? But at least Aaron Rodgers is 39 when my organization and team are showing him the door. What are you guys doing? Actually, I'm so like, disappointed in uh, PJ. I'm a little disappointed in you. Now you know I like the non-exclusive n that they've got themselves to this point. I would have loved to resign him a couple years ago, but I think it's smart to let the league set the market for Lamar. Man, PJ, you're going to be wearing a suit to work very soon with that kind of attitude. All right, you gotta. It ain't your money. I, I, it's not your money. I it's a bunch know. of rich guys. They I even, love They don't Lamar. even like sports. None Look, of these owners. I, I want Lamar back as my quarterback, but all that guaranteed money is just, it's madness. I hate suits. Suits don't care about the little guy. I hate suits. Suits suck. That's what Billy Walsh once said. <laughs>